0: All right, guys, uh, we're back again on the Jars of Clay podcast. Uh, I'm Luke Brown. If this is the first episode you've listened to, which is this is only the second. So if you've listened to one, you've listened to the first one. Um, Today, I'm joined by a very uh, special guy, a man that I've known for how many years have we? About like, what, three or four Mm -hmm. years? Mm -hmm. Um, Someone that I consider like a brother. Uh, it's Jacob Mudd. He is the youth and missions pastor at New Friendship Baptist Church, and he's also recently taken a position at Thrivent. Uh, what's a Thrivant Financial. Mm-hmm. Thrivent Financial. He's going to be a financial advisor, so he's a numbers guy. <laughs> if you need your taxes done or need <laughs> advice for how to handle money, this is the guy that you go to.
1: Um, well, I don't do taxes, but yeah, I, think, don't do I can yeah, advise yeah, 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 yeah. how you handle your money. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and we've become really close with, we began working closely with each other when I was a, past, a youth pastor at uh, a local church here in Russellville. We had started combining youth groups, uh, having gatherings. And that was really, and that's a special thing with ministries when you come across someone that I mean, you know, you're in the trenches with you work with. There's another guy that I'm going to have on here soon, uh, named Zach. He's another close friend of ours. Um, we're basically like the Three Stooges when you, you know, <laughs> when you think about it. Um, but yes, yeah, so I was I, the original plan was have them both on at the same time, but of course with schedules and sickness and stuff, we couldn't have that. So um, today is a start of a series that I actually created Mud to give me the idea of. Is So the whole idea of this podcast is to really try to help people uh, get an idea of what it's like to be like a faithful, uh, biblical disciple of Christ, basically. And um, of course, that involves a dramatic change of life, and really we're going to be talking about within the next couple of episodes is the different aspects of the Christian life in which you see a dramatic change in um, their aspects of life. And today is obviously finances. And I think I got the perfect guy to do that. So I think today we're going to be in, uh, where are we at? We're in the parable of the good steward, which is which Matthew chapter 25, Matthew 25. And um, Mud is going to be doing most of the talking today. I know y'all. If y'all listen to the last one, you're used to hearing my, you know, high pitch voice. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so but, <clears throat> yeah,
1: take it over. All right. So Matthew chapter 25 and uh, verse 14. Uh, this, to some people, this is referred to as the parable of the talents. Uh, also the parable of the good steward, it's got several names, but it's really a central teaching uh, of Jesus Christ right here. Uh, and Jesus uses the universal, Luke, the universal um, um, method of explanation, which mm-hmm. is money.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've heard the, the saying, money mm-hmm. makes the world go round. I strongly disagree with that statement. God yeah. makes the world go round, but money is a central element of our lives and who we are yeah. uh, and God has a lot to say about money over mm-hmm. a thousand verses in the Bible or have their topic as money or possessions yeah. uh, and if you include work it's many more yeah. so God is very concerned about what we do with what we have yeah. um, much of the Old Testament law is based upon what do I do with what God's given me yeah. what do I do with that, what I have yeah. and yeah. so uh, possession is essential, in my opinion, uh, to the Christian life. And I love your idea uh, of offering podcasts on the Christian life. That's right. excellent. And this one on finance, I think, is a good place to start. Yeah. Um, I will say, uh, first of all, that we'll be in verse 14 of Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to read just a section of this. Now, this is 30 verses, yeah. okay? This parable yeah. is 30 verses. So I'm not going to read the whole thing, but. I will read a little bit. Yeah. Um, Which before
0: before you start reading, mm -hmm. uh, which I think obviously y'all can tell just within the few um, moments that one has spoken that he's very passionate um, about this. I want to ask you uh,
1: how how did the Lord guide you in this? Okay. Passion. Well, so how did I get the passion? Well, I will say, Luke, that. my life has been, uh, uh, interesting. Mm,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, you know, I was saved when I was nine years old yeah. and, uh, really wasn't super clear about, uh, a lot of things about the Lord. And mm-hmm. then, um, uh, really was a wayward young man, yeah. a typical yeah. teenage boy, mm-hmm. really wayward, really, mm-hmm. uh, sinful. Yeah. And, I, but I do believe I was saved when I was nine and, uh, I went to this life changing place called crossings ministries and, mm-hmm. um, it changed my whole uh, perspective, just in the conversations with other people my age that knew and loved Jesus. And it just changed my whole perspective on life. Yeah. And it was really the gospel that did that. The Lord revealed in a new way to me, the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he took me from living for me to living for him. Yeah. And in that moment, I felt a call to the pastoral ministry and I, 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 I'm committed to that and I still feel that. Uh, to the preaching ministry. I felt Uh that in that moment to proclaim the word as a proclaimer. Yeah. Okay. Um, And I've been proclaiming now for uh, uh, several years here Uh at New Friendship as student pastor. And then uh, now I really feel like the Lord's calling me into this new section of ministry Uh uh, as a financial advisor. Yeah uh, to be a proclaimer in that way. And then also we're going to continue preaching and Office. teaching as well. Of course, mm-hmm. as we, that's our life, right? Yeah, that's yeah, who we are. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I will say that I don't know that that's everybody's life, mm-hmm. but it certainly is my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, that's, that's what, uh, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, we, as in me and my wife, uh, yeah. I will say this too, uh, Luke, you'll hear me some, a few times in this communication referred to, uh, use the word "we" yeah. instead of "me." Yeah. That's because I generally just think of Morgan and I as pretty much yeah. a unit.
0: Which Morgan is your wife? And my wife. Yeah. A, is he four months
1: or five months? old? Oh, good question. He's four months old. Four months. Judah, Judah. Little Judah. We call yeah. him Boss Man. Yeah. He's here. a boss. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> he's not my boss. <laughs> yeah. But he's his granddaddy's yeah, boss. Yeah. He's granddaddy's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so that that's really how I came to this, and and really the 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 real turning point that i came to my passion for finance uh, and for really for by vocational ministry yeah. uh is uh, 3 years ago in toronto canada i was sitting across from a friend of mine uh who's uh, a church planter there and he said you know jacob he said um toronto needs churches uh and he said you know um we have uh uh decided that me as a banker this is my vocation,
2: yeah.
1: but I'm a church planter. Yeah. This is my contribution to the church of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And my vocation supports
2: yeah. the church. Yeah.
1: I support the church just like the members support the church. Yeah. I'm their pastor, but I support the church just like they do. Yeah. So th- this unique living, yeah. and of course, this is the historical
2: yeah.
1: um, way that uh, much things have been done, but, uh-huh. Uh, th- this unique living, I-, I felt like the Lord was calling Morgan and I to this, yeah. uh, to to approach pastoring that way, to approach leading the church yeah. that way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for all my brother pastors. They They are wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I encourage them in their work to continue. Uh and uh, would love to to uh help them with their money also. Yeah, yeah, that's another yeah. reason we got to this. So yeah. anyway, all of that being said, let's get to the yeah. scripture. Yeah. Matthew 25, uh 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. To one he gave five talents, another two, another one, to each according to his own ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went. Uh, he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. And he made five talents more.
2: Uh-huh.
1: But he who received the one talent went and dug the ground, dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bring the five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five. Here I've made five more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little, I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered me to two talents. I've made you two talents more. The master says the same thing. Uh, And he also had received one talent, came forward, Master, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Here I've made here, have what is yours. His master answered him, "You wicked and slothful servant! You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather what I have scattered and no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received at least what was my own with interest." So I take the talent from him. So take the talent from him. And give it to one who has ten, for everyone who has, who has, will more be given. And he will have an abundance. But the one who has not, even what he has, will be taken away and cast. The worthless servant into the outer darkness. Now, uh, Luke, I will tell you first of all, I would be, we would be wrong to say that this, that the topic
2: yeah.
1: of this parable is money.
2: Yeah,
1: it's not. Yeah, the topic of this parable is stewardship. Mm-hmm okay mm-hmm. it is God has given me something no matter what it is yeah. and I use it to increase it
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: for his glory
2: yeah.
1: That's the topic of the parable. So we see the parable the master gives the five talents yeah the the faithful servant takes the five talents, then he makes five more. then what does he do? He gives them back to the master
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: See the point is of this parable, To use what God has given, make more of it so that I have more to give back to it. Use what God's given to increase so that he gets greater glory. That's the point of this parable. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Well, everything in this parable can be applied to possessions. Now, I will say this, however. Mm -hmm. We would be wrong to look at someone who has a little and say, you deserve a little. And to look at somebody who has a lot and say, you deserve a lot. That's not what the parables point Uh -uh. Uh -uh. is. Okay. We can't do that to parables. And those of us who are uh, seminary, those, those of you who are seminary trained and things of that nature, you know, that we can't really do that to parables. Parables are illustrations that point us to a truth about God. Mm -hmm. The truth about God here is that he's the giver. We're the receiver. We're to take what is given, use, increase, give it back. Yeah. That's the point that applies to money, that applies to time, that applies to breath, it applies to houses, it applies to cars, it applies to knowledge, it applies to talent and ability, it applies to vocation. Mm -hmm. All of these things are the same. They're gifts of God given to me that I use to bring more glory to him. That's what they are. Mm -hmm. So that's where I want to start uh, about stewardship. Um, and uh, really focused that the parable of the good steward is about just that. It's not about money.
2: Yeah.
1: It's primarily about the Lord giving me things, me using them, increasing them, and giving them back. Yeah. That applies to money, applies to salvation. Mm-hmm. It yeah. applies to everything I have that's yeah. mine. Uh, and so that's the premise of stewardship. And do you want me to keep going here? Do you want me to move on into these? several points that I'd like to share with individuals. Uh, yeah. yeah, Okay. All right. Let's do that then. Okay. First of all, so let's bring it back around to actually finance. Okay. Uh, now, my primary perspective on finance is for personal finance. Now just for the purpose, especially for this podcast, um, my primary concern is with personal finance. Now yeah. I will tell you a lot of these principles apply to business as well, business finance as well. Yeah. But business has a different goal. Yeah. Okay. Business's goal is profit. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. That's not wrong.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Government's goal is governing, for mm-hmm. example.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. Education's goal is to educate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not wrong. This is the way God has set up yeah. Yeah. our world. These institutions have a certain goal as their Mm -hmm. goal. However, your and my goal is not profit. Mm -hmm. Your and my goal is not to be financially successful. Your and my goal is to take what the Lord's given us, increase it, and give it back. So really, to have nothing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We don't really have anything, okay? Our goal is to manage in the temporary what God's given us to manage. Mm Now, so that is what we're applying to finance here. Um, I will say this one thing about personal finance. Personal finance is one of the leading causes of divorce in the church and out of the church. Personal finance is probably the cause of more frustration to the normal adult person Uh, than possibly, potentially any problem in their life.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I would say maybe family is another cause of frustration. Occupation is another cause of frustration. Possessions are another cause of frustration. But those main causes of frustration, friends, uh, those main causes, finance is in there.
2: Yeah.
1: Personal finance is in there. That's really a shame, Luke. Yeah. Because the design of finance by the Lord is that it would be relatively simple.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Personal finance. Now, again, I'm not talking about business finance. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about corporation or government yeah. finance, any of that. I'm talking about personal finance, your and my day-to-day life and yeah. expenses. Yeah. Really, it was designed to be relatively simple.
2: Yeah.
1: And I would say that in this regard, money and our economy is designed to be worked there's a formula if you want to make money follow just follow the formula yeah See how simple
2: yeah
1: if you want to make money go to work
2: yeah
1: it's a simple formula yeah. now that doesn't say if you want to keep money or you want to be generous you know we, we yeah. get that's all more specific yeah. but at the foundation if you want to make money go to work yeah workers worthy these wages. Oh yeah. let muzzle the ox when it spreads out the grain. That's what Jesus uh, Paul says. Yeah. So that's the simple formula. Finance is to be simple. Yeah. Not stressful.
2: Yeah. Right.
1: Not difficult. Not the cause of divorce. Mm. Yeah. Okay?
2: Yeah.
1: Now so I want to start there. Finance is simple. Yeah. So when you approach your finance, I know it can be so complicated, it can be so scary, it can be so um really just just troubling to you. But I, I want to encourage you, you listeners, God is over money.
2: Yeah.
1: Don't allow money to stop you from serving the Lord. He's got every dime that's ever been made. Yeah. Okay. He's got it all. And that's another great point of the good steward. Yeah. The source is the master.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, um, so we start there. The, the, now, I want to tell tell us about four principles of finance the Lord gave me. Uh, when I was sitting in my basement one night, um, uh, just just really dwelling with the Lord, really studying the Scripture and uh, asking the Spirit for guidance and, and help. And um, the Lord gave me these four principles when I was in uh, my basement that evening, uh, and they are as follows. I'm just going to name all four of them quickly, and uh, then I'll explain each one. The first principle is to be an earner. Okay. Second is to be a giver. Third is to be an investor. And fourth is to be an enjoyer. Now, these are in order, these are in a particular order. Now, let's talk about being an earner. Luke, um, you and I are both confessing evangelicals, and we both believe that. There is no merit in us, is that correct? Mm. I don't have any merit. I don't have any righteousness yeah, yeah. in myself. Yeah. I don't create it. Yeah. Therefore, I don't deserve anything, right? Yeah. I don't I, I deserve hell. Yeah. Because I'm a sinner.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I've offended God. Yeah. So I deserve his wrath.
2: Yeah.
1: So when I say earner, I'm not talking about deserving. Yeah. I am talking about using, living in the system the Lord has created faithfully. Yeah. So let me let me get to there. 1 Timothy 5.18 says, You shall not muzzle the ox when it treads out the grain. The, wor- the laborer is worthy of his wages. Very simple formula.
2: Mm-hmm. The
1: laborer, worthy of his wages. Yeah. He earns his wages. Yeah. Now notice the word laborer. God has never called anybody to dishonest gain.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I want to that's that's really the main point of the first point. He does not call us to cheat others. He doesn't call us to be uh, uh dishonest about the way we make our money. Yeah. He doesn't really call us to gamble. He doesn't really call us to try schemes, money making schemes, yeah. and and really things like that. Yeah. That, that's, that's not our call as believers. We are called to be earners in the honest sense of the word.
2: Yeah.
1: Work honest days, work honest days, pay. Yeah. That's what we're called to do. Yeah. Whether that's in the business field, whether you're self-employed, whether you run your own business, no matter what that is, yeah. you are called to work and earn. Yeah. Now we all earn on different levels. I'm not talking about the level of earning There's nothing wrong with earning a lot. Nothing wrong with earning a little bit. Mm -hmm. Okay. We all earn on different levels. It within God's sovereignty. Yeah. He's over that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, But earning is meant to be honest. And it's his design that we would do it fairly and honestly. The second thing, 2 Thessalonians 3 7 through 13. uh, Now we command you, brothers, in the name of Christ Jesus, that you keep away from a brother's walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that received from us. For you yourselves know you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we even eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor, we worked night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. Verse 12, now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ, listen to this Luke, to do their work quietly Mm -hmm. and earn their own living. God does not call us, says Paul, to sloth or laziness. Yeah. God calls us to work, honest, fair, shrewd, to be an earner. Yeah. Okay? Love that. Work quietly and earn your own living. That's what you're called to do. That's what we're called to do as earners, financial earners.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, and as you and I both know, there's a particular designation on the man. Of the home yeah. to do this, mm-hmm. okay? Primary responsibility, one of them. Second is to be a giver. Now, uh, Luke, you and I both know we've heard a lot of sermons on giving, right? Mm-hmm. We've heard a lot yeah. of sermons on, on giving. Um, this is the easiest yeah. uh, uh, piece of Christian finance for us to do generally, and here's yeah. why. Because being a giver is as natural to the Christian as As breathing is to a human,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: it's the natural outflow of the Spirit of God. Being a giver Mm -hmm. is the natural outflow of the Spirit of God. Not only financially, but all different other kinds of ways. Being a giver, Mm -hmm. I cannot receive great grace and not give great grace. Oh, yeah. Bible's clear. I can't receive great mercy and not give great mercy. Now, that's not to say Christians are perfect in their giving. I'm not saying that. But I will tell you, the most generous people on the planet are God's people. Mm. They've given more money. They've given more time. They've given more resource than any people in the history of the world. The most generous people on the earth earth, are God's people. Because it's a natural outflowing of the Spirit of God. To be a giver. Now, there's—I do want to bring two things here to the discussion. Uh, there's two types of giving, and it's important to know this. The—the uh, the first type I refer to as storehouse giving. Okay. Now, um, there's a lot more detail that I sometimes present this one in, end, but uh, here's the basic point: the Old Testament calls us to tithe. You can tithe, Luke. I can tithe. That's okay. In the New Testament, it's a suggestion. It's it's actually a beginning point. Okay. But storehouse tithing is this. I define it this way. I believe the Bible does as well. The storehouse is the holding bin of the saints giving. That's the church. Yeah. That's the local church. You should give to the church storehouse giving storehouse giving is required at 10% of you at the beginning yeah. of what you make. Yeah. Now, where do I get that? Well, in many places, but I will say this. In the old testament, we see in the law, bring the work, bring to the Lord the first fruits mm-hmm. of the labor. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't say take everything you have and give 10% of it away in a lump sum. No, the Bible says to bring to the Lord the first fruits of the labor or of the harvest for that year.
2: Yeah.
1: Not for everything you have. You know, you you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Bring to the Lord the first fruits of your income. Yeah. Is what he's saying. Yeah. And the tithe means 10%. Yeah. So if you want to give 10% of your income, that's great. That's where it starts. Yeah. I believe that's where you need to start. Yeah. And that's the very first thing that you need to do with your dollar.
2: Yeah.
1: The dollars that you earn this month or this week, the very first thing in your mind that needs to happen. Okay, I'm tithing. Yeah. Or I'm giving to the storehouse. Mm -hmm. That's the very first thing. Now you can give over the tithe to the storehouse. Yeah. You can give under the tithe to the storehouse. Nothing's gonna to happen to you, you know, if you don't give the tithe. Yeah, yeah. But I will say this, you are missing an immense blessing
2: mm-hmm.
1: by not tithing. Yeah. Tithe. Yeah. That's where it starts. Yeah. And then give above that.
2: Yeah.
1: Now, you somebody might say to me, Well, well, Jacob, I I really don't want to give 10% of what I make to my church. Maybe it's that maybe that's a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: Or maybe I just really can't afford that right now, I think. Or maybe I really don't trust the way my church handles it.
2: Yeah.
1: Now there's different answers to all of them, but the answer to all of those conundrums, but none of the answer is to not give. Yeah. Yeah. Give. Yeah. Give the 10%. Yeah. Give the starting point and then give more.
2: Yeah.
1: But give, build it into your budget. Yeah. Now, if you if you're going to a church, I'll say this as a pastor. If you're going to a church that you that you don't trust what they do with your money, you, you may need to go money. to another <laughs> yeah, church. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but that doesn't <coughs> get you. That doesn't excuse your giving to the Lord. Yeah, yeah. In the storehouse. Yeah, that doesn't allow you not to give to the storehouse. Yeah. yeah. The widow, uh, the widow's mite is a great example of that. Uh-huh. The widow's yeah. last coin. She's in the most corrupt temple period in all of Jewish history. Yeah, but she's giving. And she's giving more than... And she's giving more. Yeah. Everything she had, right? Yeah. She's a great example of generosity. But that uh, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. That doesn't allow you out of the the responsibility of giving. Now, you you might say, well, I, I make too much money. No. No.
2: Yeah.
1: I tell you, if you brought Abraham into this day and age, Abraham would be a billionaire. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: If you brought... Uh, if you brought many of those that God is saying, bring to the t- storehouse,
2: yeah,
1: right? Yeah. Bring the tithe to the storehouse. Those that are saying that after Moses, you got the Aaron priesthood. Mm-hmm. Bring the tithe to the storehouse. Listen, those guys were loaded. Yeah, yeah. lot yeah. more money than we got. Okay. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Jewish people had their own country. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. They owned their own country. Yeah. These men and women were vastly wealthy.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. If, if if you took David's possession, you think David didn't tithe? <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course he did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he is vastly, disgustingly wealthy. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Now, uh, so that's not an excuse. Yeah. Don't say to me, oh, I make too much money. I'm afraid. No, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. You give 10% to the storehouse. Yeah. Now, the next thing we do is this. The next question that might arise uh, is this. Now, the next thought, the next consideration would be this. Well, I can't afford it. And this is the this is probably the greatest issue when we talk about Christians giving to the storehouse to the church. I can't afford to give that much. I will just be honest. First of all, The first thing that you can do if you're in that situation is that you need to employ, not necessarily a financial advisor, but you need to employ um, a ministry that is designed to get you on the road to financial peace. Okay, there are many, many options. I won't go into them now, but you need to employ that kind of ministry Mm -hmm. because the statement is a practical one yes but it's really a spiritual one also mm-hmm. yeah, yeah okay mm-hmm. because we might have a uh, we might have a, a priorities in the wrong place and we need to fix that yeah now the second thing is this i can't afford to give is the biggest myth from the devil about money
2: yeah
1: i can't afford to give yes you can yes you can mm-hmm. You can afford to give a portion of what you make as income. Now, there are exceptions, Luke, to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you're an elderly person and you've got Social Security concerns. You've got, you know, there are some exceptions yeah. to this, but they're very limited. Yeah, very rare. Okay? For the most part, if you're an income earner, mm-hmm. you need to be giving 10% of what you earn mm-hmm. to the storehouse. Okay? Yeah. Now, If you say, I can't afford it, listen, there are many people that want to help you, but the solution is not, I can't afford it, so I'm not going to give. Yeah. That's the worst thing you can do.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Now, um, I want to talk about the blessing that you'll receive in being a giver, but I want to talk one just quickly about the, the, so you've got the storehouse giving. You've also got charitable giving as a Christian. Okay. These are different. Hmm. And it's very important that we understand that they're different. Storehouse giving is giving to a body of believers that you are covenant with alongside, Mm -hmm. that you support, that you love, that you're accountable to for the purpose of reaching the world for Christ Jesus. That's giving to the storehouse.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Giving to the charity is different. Yeah. And it's a much lower priority in the financial consideration of your family.
2: Yeah.
1: It doesn't mean it's not a priority, but it is lower than giving to the storehouse. Mm-hmm. Do not think that your charitable giving, and I'm I'm going to assume that people can understand what that is. Because yeah. there's many, many charities out there. Do not equate your charitable giving with your giving to Jesus. They are not the same. Mm-hmm. Charitable giving is much less, giving to Jesus is much more on the terms of the priorities. Yeah. Okay. Now, I will say the blessing from the faithful giver. The mm. scripture says the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Yeah. Okay. The blessing is not monetary. I want to say that very clearly. Mm. You cannot give 10% to your church and ex- and give that because you want more money.
2: Yeah.
1: Let me put it this way. There is a movement within the Christian church, if you want to say it's within the Christian church, that says, send us, this is a church, send us $100 and the Lord will bless you. Yeah. Yeah. That is satanic. Yeah. That's demonic.
0: Yeah. Okay. If you give this much, yeah, then you'll be healed.
1: Right. Give, G- give us a hundred bucks, and we'll send you a bottle of holy water.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Give us a fifty bucks, and we'll pray a prayer of blessing over you and your family. Yeah. yeah. Give it. This is Simon the magician type stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's demonic. Yeah. Selling the grace of God yeah. is demonic. Yeah. It's prohibited in the Scripture. Mm. Now. That's not the blessing that you receive from giving to the storehouse. The blessing you receive from giving to the storehouse is much more comprehensive. Mm -hmm. It's actually not less. It's much greater. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right? It is much more complicated. Mm -hmm. You start giving to the storehouse, you will see the Lord doing things in your period of sanctification, in your life, in your heart. In your mind,
2: yeah.
1: when you decide to give away a portion of your income that you need, yeah. you're sacrificing it yeah. for the storehouse, for the mission of God.
2: Yeah.
1: Now, if you go to a store, I'll say this quickly too. If you go to a storehouse whose mission is not the Great Commission, you need to go to another storehouse.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay? Yeah. But if you're giving to the storehouse whose mission is the Great Commission of Jesus Christ, and you decide to give away what you have earned and earned honestly.
2: Yeah.
1: That's that will do wonderful things in your yeah. heart. Yeah. I, I I don't care about what the Lord will give you monetary-wise. Yeah. The mm-hmm. Lord will give you immense blessings in your spirit,
2: yeah.
1: in your sanctification. Yeah. He will make you look more like Jesus, who is the perfect giver.
2: Yeah.
1: He'll make you look more like the widow that gives everything she has, yeah. who is a great picture of Jesus yeah. giving His very life on the cross. Yeah. It will make you look more like them. Yeah. So give. Yeah. That's Which, the blessing.
0: That goes into even more so how God changes the heart of
1: absolutely how
0: someone gets like, because being earner and being giver. The world's view of those two things, earner, they're thinking more. They're probably more thinking about the business side of it, the uh-huh. profit. Yeah, they're wanting to earn how much they can give, or how much they can get. Right. No matter the way. Yeah. They're going to gamble it. They're going to right. do all sorts of
1: absolutely. Ways.
0: Yeah. And then they're also not thinking. Oh, I'm earning to give. Right. I'm not earning to keep. I'm earning to give. Right. Uh, and then also with giving, what's the purpose of giving? And a lot of people that they, they think the charitable things, which is I'm glad you pointed that out. They think the charitable things is like they're good deed. Yeah. And they're thinking, oh, well, that's, right. I'll give a, I'll drop a penny in the McDonald's thing to yeah. round it up to another dollar. Right. And they oh, I know oh, that's
1: my, that's yeah. my gift to the Lord. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they're no, not they anything when it comes to their own spirit. They want, right. they want to give to make their own monetary better.
1: Right. And they want to give to satisfy their conscience. Yeah. Their conscience is saying, listen, you're making, listen, dude, you're making, you know, 800 yeah. bucks a week. Yeah. And and you're keeping all this stuff. Yeah. You're driving a brand new car, yeah. and these little children at this children's home need your donation. Now, I will say, I, I don't disagree. Oh yeah, yeah. With yeah. the children needing your donation, they yeah. absolutely do. Yeah. But do not equate that with giving to the Great Commission. Now, sometimes yeah. they're the same.
2: Yeah.
1: I will. Now, you know, uh, uh, it's great to give charitably. It's great to give storehouse, but yeah. storehouse has a designation. Yeah. In the scripture. Yeah. And that's 10%. Yeah. You're charitable. You give. that 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 is a great thing to do. And that's a very high priority on your list. Yeah. But your storehouse is just about number one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to finance. Yeah. And that's what we mean by the two different designations. Yeah. When you sit down and make your budget, the first thing you ought to do, I'm hitting the table now. <laughs> the first thing you ought to do yeah. is calculate your gift. To the storehouse. Yeah, yeah. Now that's not necessarily the way you have to approach your charitable giving.
0: Yeah, but
1: that's the way you should approach giving to Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, they call it first fruits for a reason. First also. fruits. Yeah, yeah. First
1: fruits in the Old Testament. Yeah. and that's where I get that idea. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, and if you if you want to know a, just a simple formula to how much should I give, how much? Where should I start? Uh, take your annual household income before taxes. I'm not I'm not worried about what you pay in taxes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Take your annual household income before taxes. Divide that by 52. That'll give you a weekly income. That's what you make every week.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Multiply that by 0. 0.1. That'll give you 10% of what you make every week. Yeah. That's what you give every week to your congregation. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't want to give every week, my family, for example, we give every two weeks. Yeah. You want to do that? You can do that. Uh, same same method. Okay. Give 10% of what you make, what you bring in. Okay. And don't, just, just don't deduct your taxes from that because, yeah. you know, you get a lot of those back and there's a lot yeah. of, yeah. you know, just don't worry about that. Keep yeah. it simple. Just <laughs> take what you make, get 10% of that. And give that on a weekly basis. That that is what divide it and give it on a weekly basis. That's what you need to do. That's where you start with storehouse giving. Now, a great way is to give that to the storehouse and then give the next two or three percent to charity.
2: Yeah.
1: That's a great way to do that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh so that that's kind of how that's some advice on giving. Yeah. Okay. Now, let's move on to the next one. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Investing. Be an investor. This one is the one that this being an investor is the tiny sliver of the Christian life that I work in now. Okay. Yeah. It's investing being an investor.
2: Yeah.
1: This is potentially the most difficult of these four principles. In fact, it's certainly the most difficult. Yeah. Okay. Because it is so complicated. For the believer, for anybody, to be an investor, that is a very complicated endeavor. It's very hard to understand. It is very uh, fluid. It doesn't stay the same one year to the next. Um, You know, you have all of these different people trying to get you to you know, let them invest your stuff and everything. You've got your retirements. You've got your health savings. You've got all of this. You've yeah. got your mortgage. you got your every, all of this saving. Yeah. Okay. And it can be so hard to be a faithful believer in the investment world.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the parable of the talent shows us that we're to be investors. Yeah. The parable of the talent shows us that we're to be good Investors. Wise, shrewd, successful investors. That's what we're supposed to do because the Lord gives us excess that we do not need for our needs, that we also do not uh, necessarily need to give away, and He gives us excess. So there's an excess, there's a lump excess that needs to be invested. In God's plan for our future, for our family's future,
2: yeah,
1: retirement, health savings, education savings, there's so many things. Here would be my advice for investing. If if you wish to be a faithful investor, you need to find somebody to help you be one.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. That's that's an essential point. You need to find somebody that's going to help you to be a faithful investor. Yeah. No matter who that is, as long as they're a professional, they know what they're doing, and I would I would encourage you very strongly find somebody that loves Jesus.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. To help you invest. Um, two verses of scripture here that I want to use as strengthening factors for being an investor, because some might say, well, that's that's really not a biblical point, Mud. Well, I believe it is. Proverbs twenty one twenty says this the wise store up choice food and oil, but fools gulp theirs down. Yeah. Okay, an investment for the future. Mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes eleven two. Invest in seven ventures. Yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. That's about diversifying your investments. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So invest, but do so faithfully, wisely, and after you have given. Yeah. Essential.
2: Yeah.
1: After you have given, yeah. you give first to the Lord God.
2: Yeah.
1: You invest second and then the third point fourth point i'm sorry is to be an enjoyer okay and it's important that this is last now you might say to me well where 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 is the um family need i would say to you this if you it, it is in the enjoying category yeah okay but it's the primary of the enjoying category it's first yeah you need to sit down. Often that particular piece can be flip-flopped with investing, depending on your circumstance, depending on the where where you are in life, mm-hmm. with your income, with with your family, with your debts, those things. The last two points can be tailored to your situation, investing and being an enjoyer and enjoying. Yeah. Those need to be tailored to your situation. Um but I will tell you that the primary purpose of your money, the number one purpose, is to fuel the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Number one purpose. That's why we give first.
2: Yeah.
1: The second purpose, the second purpose, sorry, is to, uh, is to serve and care for the family the Lord's given you. That's the second purpose. That's no. after fueling the mission of God. Yeah. So uh, that's why the Lord gives us a percentage. Yeah. Really, Luke. That's why he gives us a suggestion. Listen, yeah. give me 10%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's why he does that. Yeah. Now, don't, don't be this legalist stuff. Don't accuse me of being a legalist. Yeah. I'm not a legalist. Yeah. You know, this is a suggestion. Yeah. yeah. In the New Testament church. Yeah. That's why the suggestion's there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, fourth is to be an enjoyer after I've given and invested. Now I can enjoy, Mm -hmm. okay? And me, as the man of the home, ought to be the last enjoyer.
2: Yeah.
1: Ought to enjoy, ought to have my children enjoy, my wife enjoy, and then me last, Mm -hmm. okay? But enjoying, there's nothing wrong with enjoying the gifts of God. Yeah. I I, I think that a lot of people... Uh, And and even myself, I I used to think that, okay, my enjoying, particularly possessions, that must mean that I'm materialistic, and materialism is a sin.
2: Yeah.
1: That's not necessarily true, Luke, and I want to evaluate this a minute, because we all live in a hyper-materialistic world. Yeah. Especially a hyper-materialistic country. Yes. Yeah and as christians we have to figure out how to navigate that country that world yeah. okay let me give you a, a, a let me give you a statistic if you make $40,000 a year household income you are richer than 95% of the world's population mm. most middle aged people in america make significantly more than $40,000 a year mm. Okay, that is a relatively low American income if you have two earning parties in your home, mom and dad.
2: Yeah.
1: Now. Of course, we have regional and all that stuff. You live in one place, that's a lot. You live in another place, it's nothing. You know, you've got all that consideration. My point is this. You are rich. Yeah. Americans, Mm -hmm. just about all of us Mm -hmm. are rich. Yeah. So when the Bible says it's easier for the rich man to enter the kingdom, uh, enter the go through the, the camel the go through the needle, sorry, I'm getting, <laughs> easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle yeah. than it is for the rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. The rich man is you yeah. and me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Because the Lord is talking about a global yeah people yeah. human yeah humanity yeah and we're rich
2: yeah
1: now that's important for us to understand. But there's nothing wrong with enjoying the gifts of God. Doesn't make us materialistic so long as it's done so faithfully. Yeah. Materialism is saying, I live for what I can get. And my joy, a large part of my joy, is fueled by my computers and my phones and my watches and my trucks and my boats and my homes and my uh, vacations and my family. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And. Uh, uh, the types of clothes I wear and the type of food I eat and things I uh, uh, all of those things. That's my that a large portion of my enjoyment comes from those things. That is what is materialism, and that is wrong in the Christian ethic. Yeah, you are not called to be constantly amassing stuff, but that does not mean that you're not allowed to enjoy. Yeah. Luke, I want to ask you a question now. Is oxygen a gift from the Lord? Absolutely. Is it right for me to enjoy a fresh breath of air? Yes. What's the difference in oxygen and money? Let me answer it for you. Nothing. The only difference, oxygen is temporary. Money is temporary. Oxygen will be burned up in the fire. We won't need oxygen in heaven. It's yeah. done. It's over. It's not needed anymore. It's yeah. burned up. It's temporary. So will money.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't need my money in heaven.
2: Yeah.
1: It's over. It doesn't matter. It's burned up.
2: Yeah.
1: Family. Your family's going to one of two places, heaven or hell. And in heaven, everybody's your family. Houses, your house is going to be burned up in yeah. the end.
2: Yeah.
1: Now, does that mean, Luke, then, that we just live in a hole in the ground? And No. We can enjoy.
2: Yeah.
1: It's not a sin for me to have air conditioning in my home. Yeah. Even though probably 90% of the world doesn't have that yeah. luxury. Yeah. Okay? Um, but that's not sinful for me. yeah. I can enjoy what God gives me. no different than I can enjoy a breath of fresh air. Yeah. no different than a landowner can walk out over his land in creation and see that the Lord's given him holdings and enjoy that. No different than uh, uh, someone uh can write a book and enjoy what they've written. There's yeah. it's no different than any of these things. These are gifts that are temporary that will be burned up in the fire. But life is not joyless. Yeah. You can enjoy what the Lord has given you. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? The Holy Spirit's a gift. Enjoy the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He says, you enjoy me, I'll give you all of the rest of these things. Yeah. All these things will be added to you. It yeah, says. yeah. Enjoy them. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. But the, but the problem with American culture is that enjoyment is not number four on the list, it's number, number one, one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. even before earning.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's the problem. That's materialism.
2: Yeah.
1: Avoid it because it'll send you to hell.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And no amount of temporary enjoyment. In this life is worth going to hell over. Oh, yeah. Hell is awful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, so enjoy what you have for the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory
0: of the Lord. So, what should no coincidence? He says, eat and drink, which is one of the two, one of the two I would say out of the like maybe three or four uh, most like needed for survival. Yes. Things. Yes. Whether you eat or drink. Or whatever you You do, do the Lord of God. Right. There's, uh, I think it's, it's all. It's so. It leaves you in awe when you look at these things, and it's there's just always a specific reason something's there.
1: That's right. Yeah. And the point of it all, the point of it all, the reason that I am in the financial world, the reason that you're in the preaching world, it's the same.
2: Yeah.
1: The point of it all is that those of us who've been given certain abilities should use them to glorify the Lord. Yeah. To lead the saints of Christ well into faithfulness and also to call those that don't know Christ into faithfulness. Yeah. Okay? And that's why some of us have been called particularly to minister to the people. And yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. It is serving, loving, guiding, making sure the saints yeah. are seeing, gazing at the Lord correctly. Yeah, that's my life's goal, and I think uh, yours as well. So that you know that that's that's the point. And we we must we must be redeemed in our finances. We must be redeemed in our family life. We must be redeemed in our marriages. We must be redeemed in our serving. We must be redeemed in our church life. We must be redeemed in every part of us. Mm -hmm. That's what we're called to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I appreciate you having me here, Luke.
0: Oh, well, thanks for coming on. I think this is uh, very helpful to our listeners. We thank you all for uh, tuning in. I'm looking forward to um, having this guy on uh, many more times. Uh, We're supposed to have Zach on uh, the next podcast, and then another special guest after that, and I think uh, soon we'll get all three of us on in one time, and that'll be that'd be cool. That'll be fun. Uh, (laughs) Wow, get nothing done then.
1: You don't want to miss that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely not. Uh, So uh, I hope that this podcast uh, blesses you. you. I I hope that God uses this um, to benefit uh, your soul. Uh, So as we close, I want to ask Mud to pray uh, for our listeners. Definitely.
1: Father, we thank you for who you are. Lord, you are the giver. As James says, Lord, your earthly brother, as he says, all good and perfect things come from the Father of heavenly lights, among whom there's no change or shadow of turning. Lord, we acknowledge you that you're the giver and sustainer of all things, that you give us what we need and more and it's our responsibility to use what you give us for the furthering of your kingdom and also to preserve our families for tomorrow and also to bring others into the family of christ lord i thank you for who you are what you've done for us it's in your name christ i pray amen hey luke i wanted to say one more thing Just a quick story, how the Lord can use your dollars to impact people. Uh, And I'll give uh, Dave Ramsey credit for this. Dave Ramsey gives this challenge to all of his people. He says, listen to this. He says, um, take your family, leave your Thanksgiving celebration 30 minutes early. Take your family to the Waffle House. She will be there, the waitress. Go in and sit at the bar dad go in and sit at the bar leave mom and the kids in the vehicle go in and sit at the bar drink a cup of coffee just a cup of coffee she will ask you are you sure that's all you want you just answer yes yeah. you finish your coffee you put a hundred dollars under the cup or you walk over to the register you settle out the bill and you hand her a hundred dollar bill and you say i want you to listen to, i want to listen to this and this is my addition to uh, uh, my friend dave's encouragement Tell the, tell the waitress, I just want you to know I give this in Jesus' name to you. He loves you, and I hope that you know him. Simple. Yeah. After that, go back out and sit in the car and tell your children, now look at her. She will still be smiling. Yeah. You will have blessed her, and you may even get into a conversation that you can share the gospel in that situation. Yeah. What a worthy cause mm-hmm. for a hundred of your dollars.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: That's the way it can impact people.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, all yeah. right. Well, uh, thank you all for listening to another episode. And we will uh, be back, I think, next week. So we look forward to speaking with you all again. Thank you for listening.